The following audio comes from the National Disciple Making Forum by Discipleship.org. The theme was relationships, and Lionshare hosted a track called Making Disciples in the Generations and Vocations. That's where today's audio was recorded. Dave Buring led this track for Lionshare's team, and he's written a great four-page summary of his core teaching on transformation. It's called The Process of Transformation, and it's available for free through our website. Make sure to go online and download this PDF at discipleship.org slash lionshare. That's discipleship.org slash lionshare. So this particular session deals with vocational disciple-making. Many people will look at me cockeyed when I say that and they go, what do you mean? Because we know that disciple-making is supposed to happen in the church. But one of the beliefs that we have is disciple-making is not Jesus's plan to change the church. It's to change the world. But if we, for example, and I'm taking an extreme example, but how are we ever going to have a president in our nation, male or female, who becomes our president, who leads out of the ways of God unless someone shapes them to do that? So we have spiritual formation, which is kind of that, like I think of it like an inner scaffolding where you learn the ways of God and God's going to hear how to hear his voice and relating well and spiritual warfare, all that kind of stuff. But then on that platform, you build, okay, so you're a government leader. So let's look at the life, for example, of Daniel and Esther and Nehemiah and David. And look, what are some of the ways of God that we can glean as a government leader that you could apply as a government leader? For example, Darren back here, you can wave at Darren. He's our executive director. He worked for a number of years in the White House. And Darren, when he first learned the understanding of the fear of the Lord, what is what we, we refer to the fear of the Lord as reverencing and referencing God in all that we do. That changed the way he governed or was involved in politics because I remember him saying, you know, you can't, when you're a fear of the Lord, you can't manipulate people. You just can't because you have the fear of the Lord on your life. Well, see, oftentimes we don't translate those principles and the things of God into our lives and leadership that actually make a difference in how we relate to people, how we lead in our area of society. Are you following me? So we refer to this as the dozen domains. It's kind of like our target the dozen domains. So let me just tell you what those are. So the first one is family. You know, God made the family. He is a father. He, he refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's a grandfather, a dad, and a son in there. All right. So family, it's God's idea. He created it. It's one of the domains of society. A second one uh, is the church. All right. The church. And you could add missions to that if you want as well. The third one is government. So think of government, law, nation security, those kinds of things. So fire and police, that's all part of that as well. All right. The fourth one is education. Okay, where we, you know, have kids in school. We've got students that are a part of that as well. The fifth one is media, which obviously it's a heavy-duty thing in our culture, in particular in America. But some people are called to media. Sonia, who's here, who's on our team, used to work with ABC World News and Dateline and different things like that. So she was involved in the media. Then we've got arts, entertainment, and sports. All right? All those things, by the way, all these as aspects reveal God's character in different ways. Like, don't just think of it as a job or a career. For example, today we're going to focus on arts and entertainment. We have a, a country band here and, we're, and a, a couple that have walked with them. We're going to talk with them about what does this look like. Okay? But arts, entertainment, and sports, for example, reveal what? The creativity of the Lord. 
the beauty of the Lord. Like when you hear these girls' harmonies, there's just something like, mm, that's good. Just, just like when, like for me, arts, entertainment, sports, when I still see a little white ball travel 400 feet in the air at night with the lights on it going over a fence, there's something still beautiful about that, <laughs> right? So, but arts entertainment is connected to the beauty of the Lord, okay? So let me finish the rest of these. So then you've got um, business, okay? You've got science and technology. You have health, medicine, and wholeness, so kind of dealing with the well-being of people. How about this one? Environment, agriculture, and zoology. And, and you guys, if you go to the lionshare.org website, you don't have to hurt your hand. It's on there, all right? Lionshare.org, and you'll see all this. But agriculture, environment, zoology. Like, like a friend of mine who has been in um, environment arenas for many years now in his 70s said, Dave, unless we get this out of the hands of Republicans and Democrats and in back into the hands of Christians, we're in trouble. Because he said both have extremes. And what does God say about stewarding the earth? Because there's a balance to it, you know? He told us to steward the earth, and yet we're supposed to eat animals. That, what? See, and we have to learn, okay, God's given us the earth to steward, okay? So there's some biblical things to be said there. So I appreciate people who are much further along than me in that area to kind of say, okay, let me tackle that. All right, the, the 11th one, we call um, nonprofits and service organizations. You know, like in our own country, one out of every three people is very committed to a nonprofit organization, either serving or giving or walking alongside or helping. And the last one, we call peoples. There are some people that aren't called maybe to media or education, but I'm called to the Iraqis that have moved here to Nashville. You know, we have a huge Iraqi population here, or I'm called to disciple young African-American men, you know, or whatever it may be. It's like you're called to certain people. So we refer to these as the dozen domains. And as I said to you a moment ago, all of them are rooted in the character of God. Every one of them. Like when you think of a, a builder, a businessman or businesswoman, a builder, remember God's the one that said, you know, I want the ark to be this size and I want it built out of gopher wood. And then when you look at the tabernacle, he had dimensions and sizes and you have to realize God is the ultimate builder. When you think of technology, I don't know if you've ever connected this before, but how's the character of God tied to technology? I want you to think of the speed of God's thinking. Like right now, he knows where that little, the tiniest little ladybug is on that hill in Japan. <laughs> while at the same time, that star that's falling, while at the same time, the mom that is fixing breakfast this morning for her kids in San Diego, do you, you follow me? He knows all that now, 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 like even faster than I can. So we think the internet's fast, not even close. But do you understand the concept of that kind of speed is actually is rooted in God. And see, most of the time we never stop. We just think it's my job. It's not your job. And by the way, so you know in the Latin, uh, the word vocation, vocatio means calling. Like God doesn't want us to have jobs. He wants us to have callings that you give yourself to. So often we can say, well, I have my job and then I serve my church. Do you know that God also wants that job to be your vocation? Like, I'm called to this. Whether it's fully, maybe your gifts aren't fully in high gear through it, but you know God's called you to there, so out of obedience, you know you're called there. Versus just having a job so I can bring in some income. 
It's way more than that. So one of the things as Lion Share that we do is we come alongside not only churches, we come alongside and help churches become disciple-making churches, but we also come alongside leaders in society and begin to pass on the things of God in their life so that as they digest that and they begin living that thing, it changes the way they live and lead where God's placed them in society. You guys connecting the dots with me? So all that to say this, um, we've got some friends with us today and we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what this is really like. So Lauren and Christine, why don't you guys come? Lauren and Christine, take one of these sides here with me. Save the other for the lovelies here. So Lauren and Christine, um, you guys moved here in what year? 10? 9? 2008. 8, like I said, 2008. And so um, you moved here from California. And tell them what you guys do. Well, we have a, uh, an, a company that works in the arts and entertainment um, uh, domain, as, as Dave said. And what, what we've been doing the last, our backgrounds are a little bit different. Christine came out of the film background. I came out of music um, as an artist, producer, entrepreneur, and inventor, and Christine more on the film side. But um, what we've been doing the last few years is we help um, artists build platforms um, that are integrated, um, kind of integrated, and that allow them to maintain their intellectual property and build their brand. And what I mean by brand is, uh, you might call these branding and monetization platforms. What I mean by brand is the way an artist relates, relates and is perceived um, by the public, uh, but also by industry and also uh, by advertisers who might want to partner with them to, um, to help um, propel or, or have them be influencers in that space. Do you want to add anything about what you're doing with film? My vision with film, and I think our vision with film, is, is to reflect who God is and his glory through whatever we might put in a film or on the screen. Um, we're working on producing a film right now that does just that and actually relates to the message you're talking about, about a calling. So um, I think whether it's in the Christian film space or just general market space, we just believe that God wants to reflect his glory and can in and on the screen through or television now which music is as well so to reflect his glory so. and so lauren and christine have a sincere love for jesus they're disciples they re try to reproduce the things that god's taught them in those that they have opportunity to shape and influence well two of the two we have two guests with us today you know there's a um it's hard to um introduce them in that they're called the sweet tea trio but we only have two of the three here today probably two of the best three is that right no i'm teasing <laughs> the sweet tea duo that's right or it's just the sweet duo um so kate and victoria why don't you come up and join us and so this is a after i promise you after today you'll want to go look up sweet tea trio so you will enjoy their music and their harmonies and um so we just want to introduce them to you and just to talk a little bit about um, their relationship with Lauren and Christine and because and, Lauren and Christine want to shape uh, those in the area of arts entertainment in the things of God. And these two lovelies love Jesus, and but they are called to country music. That's where they're supposed to be. They didn't, like Mandisa, if you were in here yesterday, she's called to CCM. 
contemporary that's where she's called these gals are called to walk in the country world we have a um, another friend of ours some of you might be familiar with sarah evans sarah is somebody who's walked in the country world for a long time she loves jesus is pursuing him as a wife as a mom as a singer and and this is a this is a trio that i want you to be familiar with and for you to just be able to not only watch them and cheer them on but to pray for them Okay, because they're trying to walk the things of Jesus out. And, and we'll talk a little bit about this. It's not always easy in the world they're in. It's just not always easy. Now, uh, my phone, where did it go? Anyway, never mind. I won't read it. I was, but I was going to read. Um, so you're going to get a kick out of this. But these girls in January, was it five concerts in Michigan? So they did not, yeah, nine arena dates with, with Kid Rock. And so I wanted to read to you his quote about them, because this is probably not how you're thinking, you know, Kid Rock, all right? But one of the quotes he has is about how kind these girls are, how talented they are, and he, he's having an opportunity to invest 30 years of his experience career-wise into their journey. Now, see, that'll stretch you. You know, a guy who's known, like he, part of his brand is the F word. Okay, and so you know you're looking at that and you're going, but are you also catching what Jesus is doing here? Yeah. But see, you have to you have to realize that God has made these ladies attractive to Him in their lives, not just their skill sets, but who they are. Yeah, well, I I um, I think back to the first time I I met Kate and Savannah and Victoria in uh, Birmingham at a restaurant. I was referred to them by their producer and and we we had dinner together i was um i was struck by their authenticity and their kindness and um and how well they were in, engaged and knowledgeable about what they were doing of course they've been doing it for about four years since they were 14 and 15 or 13 and 14. Um, but uh, but also they were very receptive because the way I the way I, I discuss what I do um, is is really integrated into my biblical worldview. So I share about I shared about you know uh, kingdom principles and you know the long view and, and 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 a way to approach. I even talked about spiritual warfare in that particular meeting that we had. But you all. Um, uh, were very receptive, and that's what you were wanting to pursue. And um, and then uh, they said, "Well, would you like us to sing you something?" We're at a restaurant, and took me into that little uh, <laughs> the break between the inside and outside door, and and sang for me, and my hair blew back, <laughs> and uh, and I went, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're excellent at what they do." So let me just read this. To, let me just read this to you. Kid Rock explains. These young ladies are some of the most talented, kind-hearted, and hard-working singers and players I have ever met. At their young ages, they are already becoming fast scholars of the road and writing songs. In my opinion, they pick up where the Dixie Chicks and Pistol Annies meet. They are 100% country, and I look forward to sharing my 30 years in this business to get them an honest shot at the big time. So let me, let me begin by getting the two of you, your sides on this, and you can speak for Savannah too, because she's not here, but as you met Lauren and Christine, like what was the draw there for you guys? So Lauren talked about the first meeting that we had um, 
with him in a restaurant in Birmingham, Alabama. We're all from Alabama, and we'd moved to Nashville about a year ago. And I think something that stuck out to the three of us the most, and now we have a um, a painting in our house that says this, but it was the Bible verse about a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And in Ecclesiastes, yeah. And that was something I think that the three of us, it really stuck out. We saw a man of God, and we always say that Lauren and Christine are couple goals. And they definitely set um, a standard in our eyes of how you see a man treat a woman and a woman love a man. And their family, their their, um, morals and loving their family, that was something that really meant a lot to us. And our family is really important. They've been um, a huge reason of why we've made it so far in the music industry um, because they've, from the very beginning, supported us and brought us to shows as 13 and 14-year-olds. And um, with Lauren saying that about the three-stranded cord, it was something that we knew, like, man, this is somebody that is a lover of Jesus. And we know that through the thick and the thin and everything that the music industry can bring, we know that he is a prayer warrior and somebody that at any point throughout our career we can go to and we say, Lauren, whether it's about music or something in our lives that we need, we could be able to pray with him. And I think that was something that was so important to us. It wasn't him coming in to preach to us about the Lord. We love the Lord, but it was something that he simply soft-spoken said, and it showed the love of Jesus, and I think that was something that we knew in that moment. This is family, for sure. You want to add to that? Yeah, sure, I'll add to that. And I guess what I see in Christine and Lauren is that they are so delicately discipling everything around them. Um, you know, it's, it's so good, right? Just because you have people who want to, you know, preach, 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 but you can do that all day. But somebody who does not have Jesus in their heart, they, they won't hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Lauren and Christine have done such a great job in just gently putting that hand on us and being like, we are here. This is who we are. We love you. We're going to take care of you. And I think that's what I love the most about them is that they are very, very attentive to us girls in a very, very subtle way. And they're always there. It's like they can feel like when something's wrong. It's like they have this little like scary intuition that you're just like, yeah, it's the Lord speaking through them. Like something will be going on with me and I'll get a call from Lauren. I'll be like, I know what this is about. (laughs) They're like, you okay? No. (laughs) So I love how they just, they just have that intuition um, from the Lord to speak to us and give us guidance. Uh, And that's, I guess that's what I have to add to that. Oh yeah. So I'm 21 and Kate's 19. Kind of babies still. (laughs) Savannah's 21 too. Most people think I'm the old lady of the group and that Savannah's the baby, but she's our old lady. (laughs) <laughs> she's old yeah we're all best friends um, we met through a mutual vocal coach in Birmingham Alabama and this is definitely um, a God story going to sidetrack for a second but um, we all had the same voice coach and he put us in a room one day and gave us an assignment to learn a song by the Pistol Annies which is a trio that Miranda Lambert formed some of y'all might be familiar with them um, and so we learned the song he said we were going to perform it the next day and so not wanting to be embarrassed of course we learned the That's song panic mode. You, we just went into panic And our parents were in the room when we learned the song and when we sang it for the first time. And I think everyone had chill bumps on their arms. And we all three, as young girls, looked at each other and said, whoa. Mm. 
this is something special. And we felt like it was something different. It was a feeling. And so we all are best friends, but basically sisters. We live together here in Nashville. We're roommates. We travel all the time, and it's a lot of fun. Give them a little something of what maybe they experienced, you know, that they heard. Oh. 87 Bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our voices are a little raspy. We started recording our record yesterday, so we were singing all day. <laughs> yeah. There are stars in the southern sky. Southward as you go. so weird just then without our third girl <laughs> that three strands felt naked yeah. and afraid so you can imagine you know a third in the mix so i just want to encourage you to to check out their music i think after hearing them today you'll not only enjoy that but it, it as you listen pray okay there's always a need for people to pray for those that are stepping out into new places okay so let me ask you guys what did you, like when we're talking about disciple making, like what were the qualities besides the obvious sweetheartedness and talent, what were qualities that you saw in, in the three of these ladies that thought, here's some worth investing in? Um, well, I, I, can, I mean, there was an authenticity to who they were, a vulnerability and authenticity. Um, the way I describe it is when you meet someone and they are, are there's, a, there's a hunger, or the way I look at it is like an inclination of your heart. Like they wanted more of, of Jesus. They wanted more uh, to understand more. They wanted to be, they really, I mean, you, you can, um, they can share more about what, what they do. When they pray before a performance, it's not like a obligatory, well, God help us do well. It's like, they, whether there's 100 people or 8,000 people in the audience, they really believe there's w at least one person that they're they're going to impact, and they're praying for that person, and that's the and but but they're the same, um, you know, they're the same people at at dinner, you know, right before they go on as they are when they go on. That's who they are. There's a consistency to them, and I think that's a tr tribute to their families as well. And. I would, I would add to that just um, a humility. You know, they're super gifted and have had amazing opportunities, but they really do reach out to the one, you know, that's, you know, the, those in the high and those in the low places that's not, doesn't matter to them. Everyone's important. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things about who they are that where Jesus comes through them is every single person to them is, is important. They spend time with them. They care about their fans, they care about, um, you know, that the Lord's love comes through them. 
And so I would say that's what you can pray for too, that that remains, because as they go out and, and grow, we've watched artists lose that, <laughs> or what you call get a big head, and some of that changes. And so they've been very honoring, not only to us, but their entire team, and who they've worked with, and, and who all those who've helped them along their path. Um, so I just, they really do uh, have a, a heart to honor and, and show the love of Jesus, I think, so. So we, yeah, isn't that good to know? <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you think about discipling people who, like when you d deal with this area of discipling people in the vocations, you wanna look for people who are hungry of heart. They're hungry of heart, they want to grow. They want to learn. It's not like if you have to, like if I have to kind of take Kate's hand and drag, come on, we gotta do this. You're gonna get frustrated because they're not, they don't have the commitment. But if somebody's hungry, pour into them, okay? Pour into them. And so if it's somebody who, it doesn't matter if they're, uh, we just had a wonderful conversation with a custodial guy at a school in um, Hollister, California, whose life has been transformed through disciple making. And because of that, he impacts the people around him. So whether it's a custodial team that you're on or, or you're an educator or you're somebody who's involved in you know, technology, it's like each one of those people, God has made with unique talents. Like these girls have a wonderful gift to be able to sing, okay? Others, that, like a gift I don't have is repairing my car. It's just, it's just not there. Like our friend Andrea came over and we were chatting and then hugged goodbye and, and about a minute later, she's knocking on the door. And she said, hey, my car won't start. Can you come look at it? So I go out, I knew where the hood thing was, so I popped the hood. <laughs> and I'm just standing, but I'm like this. And I'm just looking at it, and she's got this smile comes over. She says, you don't know what you're looking at. I said, no, you didn't ask me to fix it. You said, could I come look at it? <laughs> <laughs> and so I knew Andrew's personality that I could do that with her. And then, of course, we called somebody and got them there and fixed the thing. <laughs> but, but one of the things that's unique when you think of the vocations is each vocation has unique DNA points to it. Like things to contribute to society. Things that are products and services that can bless others. See in the book, The Jesus Blueprint, if you haven't picked up a copy of that, that helps you understand this whole area of the domains. So we each have platforms that open doors for us that others don't. Every one of us has that. Just because the girls here is more public through a thing like music and arts entertainment, it doesn't mean what you have doesn't. Like my, my wife Cheryl, if she was here right now, she would say as she grew up in the little town of Marysville, Washington, where she'd go up to Linden, which is on the border there of Canada, she knew because her grandfather was a baker that she had full access to the bakery. Not just coming, but enjoying, right? <laughs> because that was the platform her grandfather had was the open door to a bakery to her granddaughter. Every one of us serves as a bridge to something. And our unique DNAs and giftedness and then the domains of society or vocations that we're in create that. And if you can shape someone as a follower of Jesus, it extends the kingdom of God through that. All right, like these girls are gonna have opportunity in the years ahead as God Again, what Christine said here, we have to catch. As they continue to walk in humility, God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. 
And as the girls continue to walk in humility, their goal doesn't have to just be success. It's like, God, how do you want to use us on this mission? See, but unless you have people like this coming alongside and saying, hey, we just want to help your thinking be this way, the world they're in becomes an easy trap where it's like the more we sing and the more stuff we put out of our music, the more famous we can become, the more famous we, we become, the more uh, resources are of it. And we can, and that's the, now, is that stuff true? Yes. But what's the heart behind it? Yeah. It's not pursuing fame, it's pursuing obedience to Jesus. And then when Jesus gives you that, but see, if you don't have disciple makers in the domains of society helping with thinking like this, precious, you know, Kate and Victoria here, they'll just keep thinking like every other country artist. Are you guys tracking with me? But see, in the church, we don't often think this way. We just think, okay, well, I showed you how to, you know, worship Jesus. Now go do your job. God bless you. And we never go, how does this impact where you work? How does this impact? And so vocational disciple making, where we take the ways of God and God's character and help pour them into people so when they're in their sweet spot, they can really reflect the glory of the Lord. Guys, is this making sense? We'll do some Q&A here, you know, in a little bit. So what are some of the, like, feel free to share personally or professionally. Like, what are some of the things or the, that Lauren and Christine have invested in you that are now, it's part of you as you kind of are moving forward in your career? Again, whether something of your own heart and thinking or professionally, that's just godly wisdom. What are some things like that? Your way you relate to people, the way you see yourself, like, what are some things that they've invested in you? One thing that I love about both of them is that they're so soft-spoken. And because of that, every single word you're attentive, attentive to, is that the right word? Yeah. Tentative. <laughs> and when I see Lauren and Christine talk to anybody, you, they're with that person. And they are loving that person. They are caring about that person. And I feel like they're probably praying for that person in their head as they're talking to them and an experience that we've had with them. Um, I can't remember why we were downtown. I think we might have been at the Tootsie's birthday bash. Um, and we sang a song with Kid Rock downtown. And we were on the way back to our cars, and there was a homeless man that was asking for money um, right down on Broadway downtown. And um, he came up to all of us, and he asked for money. And Lauren said, you know, I can... I can get you some food, I, let's talk. And they said, do you know Jesus? And he said, well, I did. And um, kind of started to share his life story. And we stood there and we prayed with that man. And we looked at him and I'm gonna cry. Man, you too. <laughs> but you see the love that these two people have for every person they meet. And as artists in this industry, we've been given a platform. God has given us a gift of music to go out and share his love without even ever having to say one thing about Jesus. We can show somebody love. And I think that is something that is so important as people in this industry and anybody in any kind of career path or whatever you may be doing in life, you have the ability to love others, share love, 
and show somebody God's love without ever even having to say one thing about God. And that is something so beautiful. It is so important. That's something so beautiful about the two of them. And they're such prayer warriors. Like I said earlier, they will pray for you. We can go to them about anything and, um, and meet and greets because of Lauren and Christine, a goal that I've always made after a show when we meet fans is when they walk away, I want to know the color of their eyes. And I want to look so deep into their eyes that I remember the color of their eyes when they walk away. Now, are there times where I don't know? Yes, because I'm probably tired or just in one of those moods because we're human. But it's a goal that I have and I try and stick to is when they're walking away that I know the color of their eyes and I know their name. Victoria is great about learning people's name. When they're walking away, she'll be like, bye, Karen. I'll see you again. <laughs> but that's something that I love about the two of them for sure. Yeah. So I'll add to that. And another thing that I really love about Lauren and Christine that they have helped teach us, just because when they met us when we were younger, we didn't have the wisdom that they have instilled in us then like we do now. And so one thing that I really, really appreciate from Lauren and Christine is that they teach us how to be true to ourselves. We already knew how to do that, but they just put that extra little that extra little push underneath our, you know, our fire that, you know, we're hungry and we're, we're determined to, you know, reach this big goal, whatever that goal is. And so, I mean, in the music industry, you have, God, you have alcohol abuse, you have drugs, you have all sorts of terrible things that we come in contact with every single show we go to, no matter what we're doing, we can go downtown, it's there, it's no matter what you do, as a musician, especially in the country music industry, alcohol and weed and all these other drugs are gonna be there. Have we been offered that kind of stuff before? Absolutely. But because of Lauren and Christine and our values that our parents have instilled in us as young, young children, we say no. And we're just like, you know what? We're here for our music. We are here to do this for the glory of God. And that is not part of it. That's, that's, and that's one thing we, we hope to teach other artists as well who we are close to and shine the light for them too. Just because, you know, it's hard no matter what you're doing, no matter what genre, no matter how far you in are, you are in on your career or how, you know, you could be playing arenas or you could be playing bars and it's still the same thing as an artist, as a Christian person in the country music industry, I'm sure you can agree with me. You just got to keep that faith and just, they have helped teach us to just stay strong in that and just don't, don't falter from it and to just constantly keep God in the back of your mind. And like, even when bad things happen, just think about that and just go with it. And one of these things that I believe as an artist is that there's constantly this, what if, what if I don't make it? What if this is the last show I ever play? What if things go wrong? What if, what if something happens to one of us and things can't go on? There's a constant, what if, what if we get a record label deal tomorrow and they drop us three weeks from then? You know, what if we have the management we have right now? What if that follow falls through in a month? There's all of these what ifs, and it's just a constant, constant grind. And have we been through some stuff in this five and a half going on six years we've been together? Of course we have, just like any other artist. But 
I think it's a, it's a strength that God gives you to just say, this is my calling. I'm going to stick with it. And this is, this is not anything that I'm going to give up on because there's all these what ifs. I'm just going to keep my faith in the Lord and he's going to teach me just to move forward. Yeah. And I think real quick, can I add to that just a little bit? Um, When he mentioned Kid Rock, most people in here went, oh, Kid Rock. Um, When we went on the road with him, we did the arena shows this past year. Lauren was able to go on some of those shows with us and go to that. And every morning in the hotel lobby, we met and we had a Bible study. And that was how we started out our morning. And I think that really shows true to their character and how we all should be when, you know, if you're working with somebody in your field, you could start out your morning with prayer with them in the work field. Um, And that is something that was important to us. We pray for Bob, Kid Rock. We pray for their crew. We pray for the band. Um, And that was something that she was saying. I think the reason that stuck out to me is we are around other artists. It's not just us that are faced with the drugs and the alcohol. It's all of the other artists. And so we're sitting next to one of our friends, our songwriter friends, and they might be willing to try these things. And I think if we say no and they see that, maybe there's a little bit of something there that says, well, you're not doing that. And we're humans, we're, we're humans of habit and creatures that, you know, form habits. And um, I, I don't know, I just believe that if they could see one of us say no, and they see that, they might say, hey, it might strike a little bell in their head. And um, It's interesting how Bob, um, how Bob is protective of you in that way. And he's literally wa- watched them, not Bob, Bob Kid, uh, uh, Kid Rock, yep. so has, um, has literally told them, I don't want you guys, you don't, don't worry about, don't say that word, don't do this, you know, you let me be that guy, that's part of my shtick, but, but I don't want to see that from you guys. I mean, not meaning like he, he knows where you stand and he's honoring that. And he has not been anything. I mean, in my experience with him, you tell me different, but res- super respectful and almost uh, like protective like a dad. No, and like seriously, like he, so we went on the Kid Rock cruise this past April. That was our second time going. And I remember sitting in a corner talking to a friend and who was a guy and he came over and he said, who are you? <laughs> and I, and I was like, Oh, well this is Nathan. It was Scooter Brown band's guitar player. And he was just like, okay, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> I was like, nothing. What do you want? <laughs> it was just like, well, look, I don't know what this is, but if you hurt her, I, I, I'm going to find you because now I know your name and that she's like a daughter to me. So don't touch her. Don't think about touching her. Don't, don't think about thinking about touching her and just (laughs) y'all be good. (laughs) And so he's very, it's true. And like, I mean, several times you've been like, y'all been, y'all are y'all being good. How are y'all? How are y'all doing? And like, it's just, it's so funny. He's so protective. We call him Papa Rock behind his back. And yeah. And uh, it's, and a lot of things that people don't know about him is that he was a single father and he took in a child that he thought was his and that ended up not being his and still raised him. That, that guy's an incredible dude. Robert Jr. is 
amazing and has a beautiful little girl. And now Papa Rock's a grandfather and he takes great care of them. He's, he's an incredible person. And to me, that just, that just shows where his heart is doing that and taking, and taking in a child that he thought was his. And when he found out that it wasn't, he went ahead and took him in and raised him like his own. And to me, that just, when I found that out, I was just like, wow, <laughs> that speaks volumes of how the Lord has worked through him throughout these couple of years. And like, I mean, now he's building like some castle for his little granddaughter, Sky on their property. She's spoiled. He loves her so much, <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. He's a great dude. Yet he lives in a double wide trailer on a hill. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all pray for him. He talks about Jesus. He does from his platform. So he, he actually says, why don't we talk about him more often? So pray for him because I th he may, he's more of a closet Christian than you know, <laughs> I think. So, so. when we talk about investing in the domains of society, vocational disciple making, Lauren and Christine, when you look at, because we're talking about arts entertainment today as kind of an example of one of the dozen domains, what is a challenge? Like what's one of the big challenges out there as you're trying to pour into artists that make discipling in this domain difficult, challenging? What are things you've run into? Um, well, I think, um, I mean, one, one of the battles and one of the lures of this, um, of this industry, and probably every industry, but it's, it's, height, it's heightened, is um, selfish ambition, is the idea of, you know, it's about it's about building my world, my kingdom, and there's so many there's so many uh, people that are willing to prop you up for for their gain, uh, and so there's a lot of distractions. Um, but a lot of that is skin deep. You know, it's not it doesn't go very far. But uh, and then there's a it's easily um, you can be easily discarded as yesterday's news or whatever so there there's there's that and and also you can have meteoric um, uh, rise and influence um, and a lot of times that influence it's amazing how many um, um, people under the age of 20 or 21 you know the world is willing to listen to whatever they say and 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 that's not to despise youth that's that's just that how much wisdom or how much you know depth is there you know there uh, to share there could be awesome there could be awesome but at the same time uh, a lot of times it you know there's just there hasn't been a, a chance to really grow deep roots and 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 mature in, in that way and so all those things are are deciding you mentioned um uh well anyway do you want to add to that um i i do think the selfish ambition and regardless of vocation and whatever field that we're in, even in ministry, <laughs> we've worked at, Lauren's been on staff as a, at a church as a worship pastor. You see selfish ambition in the church. <laughs> you know, this is not exclusive to music or entertainment. So I would say that is the one thing I think we all need to guard against is self-promotion, Selfish. I mean, because as the word says, where there's selfish ambition, there is evil and confusion of every kind. We walked through that with an artist we were working with, which, thank the Lord, is now on the other side of some things. Um, without giving details, I just, spiritually, we were in a lot of 
there is a battle to make it all about me. <laughs> and really, that's what our job is, is to help promote them. <laughs> so we have to carefully promote them and help, uh, help and all try to give glory to God in one form or another and not and guard against me, me, me. So that is our toughest job as promoters even to make sure that we're not putting them in a difficult situation to guard them from that. So I I would say we keep our eyes on him <laughs> and, and whatever industry we're in, the, the challenge might be as we grow and, and move forward, um, it, keep your eyes on him and give glory to him for any promotion and any success because the pitfall on the other side of the opposite side of that is very damaging to not just your career but to your life to your soul so we we, we try to walk that very carefully with whoever we work with and we care deeply about these girls and people we work with and that is one of the things the Lord has instilled in us, um, that, you know, humility, giving glory to him, fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So you guys, again, first, just know, like being really honest, over the last decade plus now that we've been talking about vocational discipleship, if you feel like a bit of like this, like I'm still trying to just know that's normal because it's not being talked about much. We just think we disciple people in their small group and they love Jesus, but we never make the connection again that there's a bigger picture here. Like, do you understand, like, why did God create music and the arts? Do you understand? Because it's rooted in him. Like Zephaniah 3.17 says that he rejoices over us so much that one of the pieces in there says that he sings over us. Like, could you imagine? I mean, so here you hear this little beautiful harmony here. Imagine God singing all parts at once over you. But see, you guys, again, this is just one guy's opinion. But I really deeply believe the reason we don't focus on discipling in the domains is because we often stop short of, of knowing God's character. And because we don't know his character, we don't connect the dots of, well, how would God want to express himself That's great. and we have we have to come back and recognize as you get to know the character of God all of a sudden you realize oh my gosh he's the ultimate physician like he knows this body completely like yesterday um early yesterday morning like in the wee hours my wife my wife had had a back surgery about 12 13 years ago and she got up to go to the bathroom well on the way she passed out she had had some back pain and it just hit her and she was fine caught her she was good but she's at home today and she's just resting. And when we went to the chiropractor yesterday, just to kind of do some tweaking there, uh, Brenda, who's a very godly woman, she's a chiropractor, she said, Cheryl, you know what was happening. You know why you passed out, right? It's the body's way that God, the maker of the body created to just say, time out. I'm recalibrating here on how to fix this. Well, see, our heavenly father made our bodies in such a way that if you allow some time to happen there, there are some things it can recalibrate to. But do we, so usually we just go, well, that's awesome, and that's great medical stuff. No, 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 no. We have to go all the way back. Like I often say, don't just stop at the Bible. Stop at the character of God in the Bible. 
Most of the times we don't dive into the character. We don't know him as the shepherd. Like we, he's the shepherd of my soul, but we don't know him as my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, David said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I was, you quoted um, 1 Peter 5, God opposes the proud. And that whole scripture, I think, is a beautiful outline of discipling in the vocations, in the, in the dozen domains. And it does talk about Jesus is the chief shepherd, and he will reward us at that time. It, um, it, it you know, there's a couple of key things that I, th I think it talks about humility, obviously God opposes, but it, but, um, it says it calls us to be shepherds of the flock, to watch over, uh, them, not because we must, but because we're willing to be, we're available to be that we're not to lord it over them, but to eagerly serve, um, and to be examples. And um, to close, this is, I think, is a, like a key thing in our industry. Uh, and we've talked about this, that is to, to be clothed in humility. It's like to cloak yourself in humility. I think it's the last thing the enemy expects, you know, um, in this world. And, uh, and so it's, it's such a key uh, to be a part of that. But then, but then we're, we're guaranteed, I mean, that's what the, the says, we're guaranteed to come against, that the, the enemy, he prowls around like a roaring lion, right? And he is, he is so we have to stand. But, but when we're standing, we're not just standing alone, right? We're standing with the entire um, body of Christ all over, and, and we're not experiencing anything really differently than they are. And, um, and that we can, having done everything, you know, Paul says, to stand, stand. So I want you to think of it this way. Whether you're a sports person and you think of it like as a coach deploying positions, or you're thinking it like as a military leader where people have different strengths, or you're thinking of it like a president who has, you know, all kinds of resources at their command to be cabinet positions and directors and leaders of this or that. Do you understand that when God looks at us, and, and I mean, think about this. And so here's Kate and Victoria, as they're still in mom's womb, God says, I wanna put this, and we know he knows this even before, right? But I wanna put this thing in there because the, the battlefield I wanna send them to is here. See, you guys, when you, when you start realizing the character of God, who he is, Psalm 139, fearfully and wonderfully made, and that there's certain things he's put in each one of us that allows us to represent him as an ambassador where he's called us. But if you don't, which is awesome. It's amazing. Like we could just stop and worship right now over that of how awesome God is in that. But here's what I'm saying. So, you know, so here we have Kate and Victoria who have this, this thing that even when they were this big, they might not have ever thought, you know, but then as they grow and there's kind of, hey, you can sing and there's, you know, all these kinds of things. Well, then God in his care says, I need to bring some disciple makers alongside of them. So moms and dads, youth pastors, you know, different people maybe in their, their journeys. And then Lauren and Christine kind of come and pick up, you know, from there. But if you don't have that, do you see the void of effectiveness? But see, guys, most of the time we never stop to think about this. Sonia just kind of waved. So this is Sonia Beerson. Sonia has been involved for years in media. Right now she's focusing being not only wife but mom to two precious kids, 10 and 8, and she's on our team. But she's had much experience in the media. 
the Datelines, the ABC World News, the covering the Pope, covering OJ, covering, you know, that's been part of her world. On other panels, like last uh, Saturday, a week ago tomorrow, we were in California and Darren, her husband who's in government, Sonia, and then a business guy who used to work with Safeway, they were our panel talking about this. And Sonia would tell you that she looked all over the place as a follower of Jesus, who grew up most of her life in Korea, is now in Sta at Stanford University. She's looking for somebody and then graduating and going into successful media career. Somebody, one person in media who would say, can I teach you some of the ways of God in light of the role you're called to? She can't find people. She can't find the Lorne and Christine that Kate and Victoria found. She couldn't find that. So now she's willing to be that for younger ones as she's walked in God's ways. And I just, you guys, there's a, there's a switch we have to turn as followers of Jesus in our thinking to realize if you want to see society impacted, we can't just be yelling and picketing. We need to pray. As Sadonke reminded us yesterday, fast and pray. That's where it starts. But then there's out of fast and pray, there's the obey part, where we obey where Jesus wants to place us. But if, if you're somebody that's a little follow, farther along, say in business, and you've learned, you know, the Bible talks here about integrity. And the Bible talks about giving. For example, if you don't disciple a young business person to think that way, then we usually yell at them later, why didn't you do this? And, and they'll say, nobody ever told me. As a younger guy, I used to get frustrated when I saw people who I would think would know better, didn't know better. And, and outside, I was just like, yeah, that's good, Kate. And so I'm like, why doesn't Kate know this? And the Lord one day just showed me, said, Dave, remember this. People only do what they've been discipled to do. In other words, people only do what they've been poured into to do. And if they haven't been, we need to have compassion and come alongside of them. Yeah. Um, I, and that is with the Holy Spirit that we do that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's really not on our own. Yeah. But as soon as you dive in, even if you think, I don't have what it takes, he's right there. Like they said, the Lord always tells us when to call them, you know, when to pray. I mean, you don't have, it, have to have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just looking to him and letting his Holy Spirit guide the process because, you know, all these, some of these waters are new for all of us. And some, you know, and as we go forward, it's like, Okay, Jesus, what do we do now? You know, it's like, as long as you ask him, he's faithful to give wisdom to those who ask, right? So, you know. Yeah, and, and let me just say this, and I know, guys, it's getting on lunchtime here. Let me just say this to you, because Lauren and Christine brought this up. So every domain of society has spiritual strongholds built into it. Okay, someone said, what's a spiritual stronghold? The Bible talks about it. They're, they're, Dave's language is they're stuck places. So like, for example, in the area of arts entertainment, pride, self-indulgence, you know, self-focus. Mandisa would tell you that. She's had to wrestle with that. One day she came into my office and she, said, and she, she carried, you know, her bag that she saw her carrying around. Like, that could hurt somebody. The thing's always heavy. One time she was going into an interview. She said, can you just hold this a minute? I went, Boom. It's like, oh my gosh, you got a tank in there? Like, what's in there? And... You know, and she came and just plopped down her chair, drops her bag with a thud on the floor, and she just looks at me, 
And she says, I've become a diva. <laughs> and she's sad about this. I'm going like, what do you mean? And she said, well, she said, I have two ladies that travel with me. And instead of treating them with honor, I make them my servants. And she had revelation that she'd be. And so I said, I didn't, because I'd already discipled her on this. I said, I don't need to tell you what she said. No, I know I need to repent. So she, right then, she just, Lord, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. And then I said, you know what you need to do next? She said, I need to go make this right with them. So I said, will you text me in the next day or two when you go in to see them and say, pray, I'm meeting with them. She did. She humbled herself. She said, please forgive me. I forgot the great value that you are in my life, and I never want that to happen again. And of course, those girls are now with her more than ever, right? But you have to realize, so like, so Darren and Sonia, I'm gonna ask your strongholds here in a minute, business and government, so just be ready to give me an answer. George, you too with, you know, with business. But when you think of each of these domains, like education, the stronghold could be, I mean, as much as it's, we're supposed to learn, it can be the stronghold of knowledge. That it becomes an idol. Like in other words, any of these, like an artist can become an idol. Uh, um, you know, with, with certain, like, like with science, the discovery of the new, which is awesome and it's God's idea, but can become an idol. And strongholds in areas can become places that God brings followers of Jesus who are discipled to A, minister in the opposite spirit, humility. You see that in these girls, don't you? There's a, there's a humility that's there. Okay, keep praying that to be there because not that their hearts don't want that there, but they're dealing with an industry where it's all about me. Okay, George, what would you say like one? Just what's one spiritual stronghold in business? You know there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but give me one. So what's the stronghold? What's the negative? Shortcuts. Okay. Okay, so being honest. All right, so a spiritual strong there because it's about money. It's trying to make as much money as you can. So if we just can cheap, go on the cheap here, then... All right, so that's a, that's a like a stronghold that then you want to have you want to disciple business people to be the opposite of that generous integral. Are you guys following me? Yeah. You, I want you to connect these dots. Sonia for media, like what would be a stronghold? Uh, again, there there are many, um, but uh, pride. I mean, definitely pride, and and it's it comes out of a good place, right? It comes out of the place of saying like I want to get to the truth. I want to be able to tell the complete story. I, you're, you're seeking the truth, but at the same time, you feel self-righteous when people attack you for presenting their version of the truth as much as somebody else's version of the truth, and you get defensive, right? There's, there's the, you start to feel like everyone's attacking you, and you're, you know better than the other person. Um, you start grumbling and complaining because your boss is so again, humility. So ministering in the opposite spirit. Remember, a soft answer turns away wrath. That's the principle of ministering in the opposite. So it's pride. It's also, I remember you telling me before too that sometimes knowledge, like if you can have more information in DC, you're the, or power. So, so when you're discipling, see what you want to be able to do is when you're discipling someone in the domains, recognize what the potential pitfalls are so that you can make them strong. So you can make them strong in that area. 
I want to honor Dave in this process because he's kind of a grandfather to them, <laughs> so to speak. I'm not calling <laughs> But he is one. So, because he came, when Lauren and I moved here from Los Angeles, he came alongside us. He was actually one of the first men in Lauren's life to come alongside of him and just saw something in him. And I will forever be grateful for that. <laughs> because there's not a lot of, I will say in Nashville, you don't see a lot of people in this town coming alongside of you when you're new in town and don't know anybody and want to introduce you to a lot of people. And he just saw, he just brought Lauren in. He invited him to the discipleship journey. We he went through that with a group of leaders and, and then just really relationally came alongside of both of us. And we ended up at the same church, but we weren't at the same church originally, but, um, but just relationally walked with us. And then I think that is a big part of why we walk the way we do. So I want to honor you <laughs> in this. And then his discipleship journey book is amazing. And so anyway. That's very kind. So yeah, so like George back there. So I discipled Kent, Wave Kent, who discipled George. So George is now my grandson in the Lord, and he's five years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's good. Granddaughters in the Lord. So today, you know, we're just going to pray here. But thank, thank, you, thank you, both of you. And again, SweetTeaTrio.com. And I just want to encourage you, listen to their music. And as you do, now you have a little, you've had an opportunity to be, have kind of the hood popped. And you see under the hood kind of what's going on here with these ladies. And so be praying for them. Be praying for Lauren and Christine. This is a world that they are entrenched in. I mean that in a good way, that God's entrenched them in the middle of it. If you were to hear what some of these two have done and the people they've related to, you'd go, oh, that's interesting. Because God's given them great favor. All right? But you need to pray for the, for the domain of arts and entertainment because God wants to display his splendor through it. Amen. He wants to display his creativity, his beauty, that people will see more of him. All right? And I just want to encourage you to connect the dots. Um, we are not very good at lion's share at hawking product. So just know that's not a strong suit of ours. But I just want to encourage you, if you're saying, I want more of this, this book called The Jesus Blueprint is out at our table. Um, and it's, it's something that will give you a real feel. Lauren wrote something in this. Darren and Sonia wrote something in this that is related to their domains. And so we went to people who serve in those to say, why do we need discipling in government? Why do we need? And so you'll catch a vision for that. And today, I just hope that a seed's been planted, that you'll allow the Lord to water, that disciple making isn't only for the church. That's one of the dozen domains. There's 11 others that we desperately need to shape people in the ways of God, which is how God does things, so that he can be expressed through their lives. And so that, like, for example, these girls, can be looking for the younger ones coming because they knew at 13, 14, now there's 13, 14 year olds out there that their words are going to be big in their ears where they can disciple them. You've been listening to the Disciple Makers podcast. That message was from LionShare's track at the National Disciple Making Forum. Make sure to download the free PDF summary from Dave Buring. It's called Process of Transformation. Download it at discipleship.org slash lionshare. You'll find dozens of other great discipleship resources at discipleship.org as well. May the Lord bless you as you seek to grow as a disciple maker.